0: Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when the display is pro. XDR.
1: I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way.
0: And for our first topic on tonight's episode of the inevitability of white male friendship, comma, a podcast, we are discussing Apple's displays. Now, as, as you guys may have seen on the channel, but a few days ago, I uploaded a video on the 30-inch Apple Cinema display from 2004. I've actually got it right next to me here. It is looking beautiful and fresh, even though you can't see it. And if you're listening to this, then you can't see anything because that's how audio works. But my goodness, no, I don't know
1: if you've seen any of the details on this thing. Isn't it amazing? I, I know that thing is, uh, I, we've talked about it a little bit. I know it's pretty old. It's what was it, like 18 years mm-hmm. old. Is that right? Yep. 2004. And that was 18 years ago. Yeah, no, that's, that alone is kind of freaky weird uh but yeah that's <laughs> that's uh yeah and i know it looks cool and was this the one that had that like special displayport uh thing to have so much bandwidth uh, at the time
0: uh so it's not actually displayport this predates uh most digital video standards it uses dual link dvi that's what i meant
1: but it's the thing where they had two of them they had to invent that special technology right I'm not actually sure if, if
0: Apple invented mm-hmm. dual-link DVI, but they certainly pioneered it because mm-hmm. it wasn't really a thing beforehand. Because a normal DVI signal can't push uh, uh, 2560 by 1600 resolution. It's It's actually the same resolution as an M1 MacBook Air or MacBook Pro. So it's one that Apple's familiar with, but obviously it's much larger. Pixel density, right, it's not retina. You wouldn't exactly expect that for 2004. But given that it's 18 years old, 2560 by 1600, 100 ppi, dis- the, the color accuracy is excellent. The I mean, even the brightness and contrast levels are very good. The viewing angles are surprisingly good. Every display that I ever used from before 2010 had like six degrees of angle where everything looked okay and then you know how a lot of like those older pc laptops even if you were looking on it completely straight on the 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 pixels and the color at the top of the or the bottom of the display were already starting to shift Mm -hmm. like the viewing angles were so bad that you couldn't even view the whole display
1: because the angles were so narrow yeah I remember yeah you'd turn the computer just a little bit in the like pixel they would like invert or like shift or whatever, yeah,
0: yeah, and so this thing does not have that, which I guess is why it costs five thousand dollars in today's money, but it does it does come with the stand that's good, so that's a nice touch, yeah but I mean yeah it's it's a gorgeous display. you can pick them up for two hundred dollars, which is pretty crazy. The, difficult, the most difficult part is just adapting it to work with USB-C. But fortunately, there is an adapter. You just plug it on in and it works great. It looks amazing. It has capacitive brightness. That's the thing. Every like, third-party monitor I've ever used has some weird little nubbin on the back and you have to go into some really ugly menu to adjust the brightness. This just has a little button on the side. Boop, boop, easy yeah yeah that's and in that's fact nice. even uh, on laptops certain laptops some of the things I plugged it into the the brightness button on the Mac adjusted the screen
1: on devices 18 years apart that's yeah because most monitors I feel like don't do that right I think
0: the ultra-fine ones probably do. Those, those but that's do. that's because they're using Apple panels.
1: Those do. But I feel like most like general monitors you plug into, you know, you can't do that. Yeah.
0: And in fact, uh, while we're on the subject of Apple monitors, the th- this at the moment, this 30-inch cinema display is kind of a stand-in for me because I really want a Pro Display XDR. Or specifically, I want a new one. But at this point... I'm kind of
1: addicted to a big old screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's first of all, I think it's kinda of interesting because when you said, you know, that the cinema display was five thousand dollars in today's money, that's yeah. you know, about where the Pro Display XDR is. Obviously, you know, you have to buy the stand with that as well. But like I don't know, it's just kind of funny to uh to like you, you, you basically can compare them at that point you know you're looking at they're both just dis- mm-hmm. like pro displays they're both at the same price point so it's kind of interesting to compare them and you know see how far we've come I guess
0: yeah I mean when you're talking about going from 2560 by 1600 up to 6k resolution talking about local dimming zones it's there's a lot of difference but one thing that is a little weird to me is that the the Pro Display XDR, unlike this 30-inch cinema display, is kind of alone. Like, when this thing came out, it was the, uh, the high end of Apple's monitor range, but they did also offer the same enclosure, the same basic feature set uh, in 23 and 20-inch sizes. And... It's kind of weird that Apple essentially exited the monitor business like even since this like this was the peak right they had the 23 they had the the 20 they had the 20 inch which was 1680 by 1050 they had the 23 at 1080p and then they had the 30 inch at 2560 by 1600. That was the peak. they never had a better lineup relative to the time. Than that, because after that they went to the Thunderbolt Cinema Display, and that was the same panel in an iMac, um, but just on its own. But it, they didn't have like different versions. They didn't update it. They didn't make a Retina version. Then they had the LG UltraFine displays, which were kind of a cop out because it was the same panel that the iMacs used, but it wasn't Apple, and it didn't have like the aesthetic and the usability the like the little features that you would that you would want from an apple display i want that back
1: yeah i think it it makes a lot of sense for apple to go back into the display market because like i mean first of all they were there and then you can look at like you know lg obviously they partnered with them but like they have the pro display xdr and I feel like, you know, Apple, they, they get all these panels. Like you look at the like the MacBook pro panel, obviously, you know, it's small, but like they put a lot of like new features in that, the promotion, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, mini led, like all that stuff like that there's some really compelling uh, tech in there. And I feel like if they could just get a bigger version of that, you know, slap it in a box, like it makes, it makes a lot right? of sense. And I mean, it's, the thing is, they don't even have to be that like
0: creative. All they have to do is take the panels that they're already using in other in in IMAX and put them in a new housing. Yeah, I mean that's for the longest time the cinema displays shared panels with IMAX. Um, the Thunderbolt one, same thing. The UltraFine, all of those things are IMAX displays. And I uh, I think I actually had a poll about this, or I talked about this in a video, like, if if Apple were to do this again, I think you'd get a really interesting choice, because you could essentially say, okay, I'm gonna get my M1 Max in an iMac form factor, 27 inch, ProMotion, 5K, all that jazz, right? Uh, and And you could get your M1 Max that way. Or you could buy the display, the same panel, and hook it up to an M1 Max Mac Mini, mm-hmm. which would allow you to upgrade those components independently. And I think that would be a really compelling option to have. I don't know, maybe one would be a little bit more expensive than the other. Maybe like a Mac Mini rig would be like 100, 200, $200 more. Hmm, maybe. But just the fact that you could have that perfectly good display panel... And replace the much less expensive Mac mini that's connected to it instead of the whole thing, I think would be really, I would probably do that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, you know, because Apple, obviously, you know, they updated the the Mac mini with the M1, and now the rumors are saying that it's going to get the M1 Pro and M1 Max, which, you know, obviously makes sense. But I think the rumor is some people are thinking that that might even happen in the March event, which we'll uh, talk about in a bit um, yeah. But regardless, I feel like if Apple's selling the the Mac Mini and they're not selling the display, because obviously most people who go for the Mac Mini are not going to go for the Pro, Pro Display XDR, they're losing out on display sales basically. So like yeah. if they if they capture that market too, that you know they've already got the Mac Mini, you know sell a consumer grade display and you can you know capture even more of the market. Otherwise, exactly.
0: I think that's probably the most compelling argument towards thinking, hey, there might be a display at this event. And Mm -hmm. I might also add, if there is a display that goes with this new Mac Mini, I think it would be not a replacement for the Pro Display XDR, potentially. Because, I don't know, it... (sighs) I feel like it would be really interesting if Apple could have three displays. And rumors, leaks have supported that possibility. Essentially that they would take the panel out of the 24-inch M1 iMac and then take whatever panel we get in this year's larger Apple Silicon iMac and then... A pro display XDR replacement, right? So you could have like a thousand dollar monitor, a two thousand dollar monitor, and a three thousand dollar monitor, whatever pricing structure they come up with, and then that would be perfect for pairing with an M1 Mac Mini or an M1 Pro Mac Mini or a Mac Pro. Yeah, and I think just having that, having those options out there, you'd want to do that. Like, if you're like you said, if you're launching the Mac Mini and you're not launching that monitor alongside it then all of those launch day sales where someone would add the monitor as well you're missing
1: out yeah exactly cuz like you could make the argument like oh Apple's going to cut into the the iMac sales if they if they do this and apple doesn't like to cut into their own sales but they already have the Mac mini and they've had it for a long time and they're still upgrading it so you could argue that that kind of cuts into it i guess maybe you know they figure if you already have your own display just buy the Mac mini and go with it. But like, I don't see why they wouldn't just, you know, cause they've had displays in the past and, or they've worked with other companies like LG in the past. They sell displays like Apple sells displays, whether they made it or not, they do sell displays mm-hmm. and it makes sense to go with the Mac mini. And I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, whatever, if, if we do see a display, it probably won't be a new pro display XDR because exactly like you said, Pro Display XDR, or whatever the replacement would be, would, uh, would pair nicely with a Mac Pro, uh, but obviously a lot mm-hmm. more expensive than what most people would uh, want to pair with a Mac Mini. So that's where a consumer-grade one would come in. So I think it makes sense. I'm also wondering, like,
0: theoretically, we're talking about people who would buy a Mac Mini, and then, if the option was available, would buy a monitor to go with it, I also wonder how many people wouldn't buy a Mac mini because there's no monitor to go with it. Because I think Apple's displays are somewhat unique. I mean, I'm sitting here in front of my iMac Pro, which is a 5K iMac, essentially, with fancier guts. But the 5K iMac is a pretty unique style of device it's not something that you can recreate that easily purely because i am not aware of displays that are 5k resolution 27 inch size it's not common but it's a really really nice i love the fact that i can be sitting in final cut pro and have a viewer window that's high enough resolution to really get a feel for what my footage looks like I love the fact that I can view 4K with room around it, um, or editing in Photoshop. Like having the this number of pixel, this pixel density, this resolution, it just makes a lot of sense. And there's not a ton of other there's not there's nothing out there that does that. I'm not even aware of a, a Pro Display XDR competitor, quote unquote, that has a 32-inch size, 6K resolution, that kind of pixel density.
1: I just don't think those really exist. That's true, and I wanted to let you respond because I know you have a good response. There were some comments saying like, oh, why not just buy some like cheaper and larger monitor? Like, why buy the Pro Display XDR at all? And I know you have a good response for that.
0: Oh, I don't remember what my good response is.
1: I think, I mean, I know you said, you know, as far as like, uh, like color coverage and like doing pro level work, you, you know, you, you you might need like a really, uh, pro monitor for that.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I, I think the big thing for me is I've been on 27 inch IMAX for like four years now. And I know many people have been using 27 inch IMAX for a decade, even before they were retina, but I want something a little bigger, and that's the problem with an iMac is you're kind of tethered to the screen that's a, a physical part of it. Um, so I've been toying with with getting a Pro Display XDR, and I I have actually ordered one kind of, and I know yeah, so it's a little it's a little weird um, the situation because I didn't want to pay I'm like I'm not going to buy a new one at retail price. I'm not an idiot. You know, it's been out for more than two years, it's five grand, I'm not gonna pay retail for that. But weirdly enough, used Pro Display XDRs aren't really a whole lot cheaper. So I've actually found a way to get a new one for less than a used one, which I can't really go into too much detail on, but <laughs> um, it, essentially, the issue was that I started trying to like get this thing in like November. And uh, you know, there's been delays trying to figure stuff out, logistics and whatnot. And essentially the, the shipping dates are slipping big time. In fact, I, I kinda wanna see, let me go ahead and share my screen here and I wanna see what um, Apple has the Pro Display shipping in. I think it's under Mac. Yes, here we go. So if we go to he- go go to buy one of these things, standard glass, I'll take the pro stand. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, so it doesn't even show the delivery details until you like go to check out, which is weird. I don't know if it's always done that. Mm-hmm. But Now, at least, it is saying that the pro display, uh, the stand will get here in six to eight days, but the display, a month, March Hmm. 3 to March 10th. And I don't know, Noah, if you've uh, been up to date, but does that date range sound familiar to you?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, what was it, March 8th, right, is the, the rumored uh, date for the net, for the Apple event.
0: It sure is. It sure is. And that's really weird, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be a supply chain issue and a coincidence, but it is kind of funny that that falls like right in that range that they gave there. So I don't know. And I don't know.
0: I get that, you know, anything could be supply chain now. Um, I'm pretty sure macbooks are delayed as well i think if you if you try to buy the 14 inch macbook pro those are shipping uh the the base model 14 inch is saying february 22nd to march 1st the other 14 is saying february 15th the 16s are wow oh my gosh if you try to get the fully decked out 16 inch the one, the pre-config one with the M1 Max. That's saying April. Oh wow, wow. But yeah, so there's there are delays, absolutely. Very weird delays because that one's in April, but the entry level 16 inch uh, delivers tomorrow. You should order it. So yeah, that's that to me screams supply chain. The fact that you can get a base model now, they're in stock right now, and the higher spec one is shipping in April. That's that's supply chain, hundred percent. But that Pro Display XDR is a little bit interesting because it's been out for over two years and they've never had. You know, it's not a high volume thing. I I don't know that I buy that people are that enough people are buying Pro Display XDRs right now in 2022 to like push their deliveries that far back i I think it's i think it's legitimately possible that some display would come with the mac mini which we've heard rumored for a march 8th event
1: yeah that's a that's a good point because it had the product has been out for a while and like you said it's not a high volume product so they probably have a pretty good idea of uh you know what the sales are going to be. I don't see any reason why they would be abnormal around now. So it's a good point. I could I could see it. It's interesting. Yeah. But yeah,
0: so I I've got one theoretically on order. Hopefully, I don't know. If it does get I mean the thing is, you know, if it ships in March and it gets here like when that event happens, I'll just return it, you know. It's not a big deal. Um mm-hmm. and even if it you know, it's the type of thing where I get it in March and it gets replaced in November or December, then, uh, well, I still have some content that I can make up, make for it. And that'll probably make up for the difference, the hit that I would take in depreciation. Not to mention that if I get the pro stand, which I have done regrettably, I would imagine that that will still work. So I'll just not have to buy that later this year that's why so i really don't think still it's going to be stock. that big a deal whoa ricky can you send me an email instantaneously <laughs> instantaneously ricky email me Elmiani 98 at gmail.com
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's publicly available information by the way i feel like now i'm going to get a bunch of fake rickies in my emails and i'm not <laughs> yeah. going to be able to figure out how to do this but if if Ricky is in fact telling the truth here, I'll do it. I'll buy it right now on the spot. Wow, so we'll see what happens. Okay. We'll see what happens okay I wanted to talk let's let's go on to our next topic shall we? I think we'll come back to March eighth okay. a little bit later, okay, but it's been on my mind it's my my flood situation Noah mm-hmm. So I've had an unfortunate situation that has developed in my building, which was that someone was using the apartment gym, had their ablutions and uh, clogged the toilet rather significantly and failed to address that problem in any way, which caused an enormous leak in the pipe. I think they somehow broke a pipe like i want to meet this person i kind of want to want to know like how like what what kind of a person is is able to destroy the plumbing system of an entire building after going using the restroom true um so that's interesting enough right but the unfortunate side effect of that broken pipe is that it leaked directly onto a PC that I had in my storage unit and soaked it thoroughly.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, it looked pretty bad. You saw the picture? Bad. I did. Yeah, so it was, I mean, it was sitting in a puddle. The drip was landing sort of right behind the power supply. And splashing into the exhaust, onto the motherboard, inside of the power supply.
1: Ah, wonderful. Isn't that great? That is. Yeah, I was honestly wondering. I I didn't realize that the PC was in your storage unit. I thought it was, like, in your apartment. And I was like, wow, that must have been really bad to for the leak or whatever to get all the way up into your po- it makes a lot more sense being in the storage unit i had that that i will say but uh that's pretty wrong yeah
0: yeah so i mean the, the, i guess the fortunate thing is this wasn't a pc that i'm using all the time this is my old uh gaming pc that rather than upgrade i ended up building a new one because it was itx and i wanted it just was more practical to build an atx right so i built a new pc like two years ago and this was the old one. Still good though. It's got a Ryzen five three thousand six hundred X. It's got, I think, it's got thirty two gigs of RAM. Well, I, I I should really be using past tense because I'm not optimistic about its fortune after yeah. this recent event. Um, yeah, there was a lot. Of, it, if you go on my Twitter at Luke Miani, you can look at the picture. It's pretty. It's pretty horrific. Uh fortunately I a lot of there's a lot of very interesting um interesting takes on what this represents here in in the comment section we've got the uh the poop pc that's a good one uh someone suggested a, a video title how to clean poopy pc nice nice someone said Someone said that at their school, they destroyed a bathroom by flushing a block of clay down the toilet. That's That sounds about right. Someone said that they ate too much Taco Bell. All of these are believable. Um, uh, fortunately, whatever pipe broke, I think, was the refill the toilet pipe, not the drain the toilet pipe, which is, of course, clogged. So it's not... I mean, I can't say for sure that it isn't effluent, but it doesn't reek. So I'm hopeful that
1: it's not that bad. That's good. That that person you, uh, said the comment about the clay reminded me. I don't know if you remember in middle school. Remember when they called our, like the middle school boys and they like yelled at us because... Someone like did something in the bathroom and I think they had to like remove the urinals or something as people were doing bad things in the bathroom. Do you remember that at all? I thought
0: somebody I thought somebody absolutely shattered one of the urinals or a sink or something.
1: Something I don't remember, but they had to they like removed. I feel like they removed the urinals or at the very least they like had an assembly and they yelled at all of us.
0: I do remember the yelling assembly, yeah. They had yeah. They, 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 they were like, all boys, come here right now. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, you guys suck. <laughs> and we were kind of like, well, yeah. yeah. You're
1: not wrong. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. 13-year-old boys or something else. Yeah. Someone stole an entire stall door for a TikTok trend. See, honestly, right, like, we're talking about all of these things that happened to us in our middle school years, you know, 2010 to 2013. Honestly, I feel like it's not even that bad compared to what the TikTok generation has probably inflicted upon schools and their employees.
1: That is, that is true. Or at the very least, it's now more public. Not not that we didn't have social media back then, like I'm not trying to sound it, like some old man, but it not in the yeah. same way it it was definitely different.
0: Yeah. I mean, what were the viral things when we were in middle school? uh troll old guy <laughs> yeah, Neon cat angry gangnam birds. style gangnam style angry birds, yes, that's a good one uh Fla- no flappy bird was later that was high school we were was in like high, school. high school, yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, do you remember the uh interior crocodile alligator? <laughs> I drive a Chevrolet movie theater. Yeah, that made the rounds for like a good couple weeks. Yes, I do remember
1: that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, Jake and Amir. That was that was that was underrated, but that was uh, that was a good totally point. underrated. Yeah. That was more that was more of like niche internet humor. Yeah, that still holds up. Definitely. Yeah, how did we start on the? How did we? Oh yeah, we talked about my flood. Yes, the flood. That's how we got started on this, right? So, yeah, I've got the computer. I I use some. I use the the cool air setting on my blow dryer to try to dry it, and then I'm gonna just kind of leave it sitting for like three days or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all you can do but uh you i'm yeah. assuming you have renters insurance right I do have renters insurance do you think they might maybe they would cover
0: it i would i would look into that at least you know i i was going to say like oh i don't know i was going to be like yeah maybe i'll just let it go but i guess you know why why do i care it's a it's an insurance company i don't care about them yeah honestly even if it's a pco wasn't using all that much i pay for that stupid coverage and they're like uh this guy's a sucker we're never gonna have to pay (laughs) anything because it's an apartment and nothing ever happens to those well guess what flood baby pay up happened give me that cash (laughs)
1: who knows maybe i'll rebuild it i'll make like an insurance pc Honestly, I think it's worth it. Especially no, you know what you do is you you uh you quote them the prices that there's like like today's prices that are like super high. So here's not not that they would my do that, moral obviously. conundrum. Here's my moral
0: conundrum though. Uh I think you'd have to probably do fair market value, but it's a custom PC, so that gives me some leeway. Yeah. I think I could probably say fourteen hundred dollars which is a slight exaggeration, and and uh, that's believable. You know, chip shortage, you know, that's fine. The thing is, I had already sold the graphics card from it, and that would have been the big cash money. Mm. Yeah. So the question is, all law enforcement has to look away right now. (laughs) Uh, And you're not allowed to tell anyone I said this, but, like, what if... There was a graphics card in it. You know what I mean? Like, what would
1: happen? There was a graphics card, but the force of the water like uh, ejected un- it. It ejected it, and then it it like flew down. Uh, it uh went downstream. Dissolved. And now it's gone. It oh, dissolved. That that works
0: too. Insurance adjusters are not tech savvy people. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> yeah those for those
0: uh yeah f- tell them there was an rtx 3090 i do have an rtx 3090 hmm. so that wouldn't be an in- a complete lie okay i'm just kidding i'm not actually gonna do that like <laughs> that's fraud yeah but i might i might honestly try to get insurance to pay for it because i mean i pay them ten dollars a month for perpetuity They might as well do something when somebody takes a giant dump in our toilet and floods poopy water on my PC. You
1: should definitely, definitely try and get your money for it. That's what it's. That's what insurance is for. Exactly.
0: Just put a piece of crap graphics card in it for photos says Cole, (laughs) by the way, longtime uh, sugar daddy of the podcast. Cole weathers here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that's an accurate statement at this point. Yeah. Um, I honestly would, but there is no such thing as a POS graphics card anymore. Even like an RX 570 is like a $400 card. It's ridiculous at this point. Mm-hmm. Tell them it was a 2019 Mac Pro. Interesting. I, you know, I actually do have a Mac Pro in there. It was just behind other things, so I don't know. The way that I had situated my uh, this locker was actually kind of fortunate. I, I didn't intentionally arrange it in this way, but it ended up being quite helpful when there's sitting water in the unit. Uh, and that was I basically put the empty iMac boxes on the ground and then put tech stuff on top of that. So fortunately... All the other stuff that was in that is fine. It's just this PC, but then I think there was also a Mac Pro at the back that I didn't look at, but might be fine. But it, it it's, you know, it's like a 2009 like $100 Mac Pro. Most of the components are taken out of it anyway, so I didn't even bother checking cuz I didn't really care to to be honest.
1: Fair enough.
0: So what was, I forgot what we talked about earlier, the topic that you wanted to
1: get into. Oh, I think that was more like the, the, the March 8th event rumor and maybe the, uh, the kind yes. of stuff that we would see there.
0: Uh, yes. Would you like to fill us all in on, on
1: what that rumor entails? Sure, yeah, I've looked into it a little bit. So it's seeming like the rumor is that the the first Apple event of the year will be on March 8th. And I feel like that's fairly in line. There's usually an Apple March event. I feel like it's usually later in the month, but maybe I'm wrong. I know you have a better memory for that stuff than I do.
0: Yeah, I think I think March 8th was... I think that's a pretty... Uh, I think it's a pretty believable date. Yeah. But... And, you know, honestly, that's pretty soon. Which I'm ha- also quite happy about.
1: Yeah, there hasn't been much going on for uh, for a while. So that, that will be nice to yeah. have.
0: And last year was admittedly a little bit light. It was a little bit light on the updates. I mean... I, I think it wasn't any worse than usual, and we certainly got some exciting stuff. but mostly, if we're honest, it was the end of the year, right? We had I mean the whole I mean up until September, there was not there was slim pickings, admittedly. We had the iMac uh, we had the iPad pro, which w- was not anybody's favorite update. I covered it a little bit, and I can tell you, nobody cared about those iPads. Yeah. Like, I've made I've made videos on iPads that have been viewed many times. Nobody cared about the M1 Pro, the M1 iPad. It's just not that interesting because it was like, okay, so it's a faster thing and a thing that didn't need to be faster. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had the M1 iMac, which. I think had good uh, – people were interested in the iMac, but the fact that it was M1, which we already saw, meant that it it didn't have a ton of new substance to dive into. It was interesting to look at because when I did the initial round of M1 reviews in November 2020 – Those videos got eyeballs because everyone wanted to know how they were stacking up. iMac, you were watching it to find out about the package. You weren't trying to find out about the performance. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but just to see like, Oh, the, the one fan version, the seven core GPU. And like, it was like these very minor differences that we were talking about. So the real heavy hitter was when the MacBook Pros came out. But even that, I have to say, I I talked to a couple of other YouTubers and we all kind of noticed this. When the event happened, interest was sky high. I made several videos before the MacBooks actually shipped that pulled better views than my videos that I made with the MacBooks themselves because the hype was off the charts. The initial round of reviews, the first week, those videos did really well. But then after a week, uh, the, the, the MacBook Pro content was gone. It was so saturated with so many people talking about it that you know I would upload a video and if I even breathed a touch of MacBook Pro on it, the, the views just tanked. Hmm. Uh, so that was pretty interesting, anecdotally. But now we're talking about, I think another situation with the M1 iMac, right? We're, we're, we if we do get new Macs in March, I think it's safe to say that they're not going to be new
1: processors. Right. I think, I think the main rumor, the main rumors are, I think, like a new iPhone SE, a new iPad mm-hmm. Air, and I think maybe Mac Mini. And, I, and, and obviously, you know, those would get M1 Max and M1 Pro. So I, th- I think that that was, those were the main rumors. Yes. And
0: I think, honestly, I think that iPad Air refresh, I, I buy most Apple products. I think I'd probably skip that one because, I mean, realistically, they're probably going to put like an A15 in it instead of an A14 and then uh, add center stage, which has made it around all the other iPads. And I'm not sure that there's any other rumors that we've heard for that one.
1: Am I wrong? I don't think. I think they're just bringing it in line with the with the other iPad updates. So, yeah. Yeah, like so that's said. pretty
0: light. And then iPhone SE, that I think is going to be interesting. I don't know if you've been too plugged into these rumors, but... Well, one, it's 5G. That's mm-hmm. a pretty nice upgrade. Almost certainly will be an A15 chip, which, you know, at sub $500 price tag, regardless of anything else, you're already at a good place. Sub 500 for an A15 and 5G, mm, that's a great deal, regardless of what it looks like. yeah. The question is, what will it look like? Are they going to finally ditch the iPhone 8 body from 2017, which was, in itself an updated version of the iPhone six body from 2014. Are we going to finally leave this eight year old design? I don't know.
1: Yeah. The last rumor that I saw, which was maybe a little while ago was that they were sticking with it this year. And then next year they were going to go to like the iPhone 10 style, like notch style body. So that was the last thing I saw, but that was a little while ago. I, I,
0: Dude, I mean, I loved the iPhone SE that we got in 2020. It was fantastic. But, yeah, I mean, Mac rumors I've, I've just pulled up here. They're not expecting any design changes for the next version. So, the big issue for me is, I mean, there's the cosmetic things of, like, wow, that's a really old design. It's a single camera. Um the home button, the bezels, the lack of touch uh, the lack of face id that's 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 getting a l- l- very long in the tooth at this yeah. point. Yeah. As i said, 8-year-old design. That's like a bit much, but the biggest thing, the single biggest thing is the battery. It's just not good enough. It's it just is not like if you look at any other iPhone, they've been getting thicker, they've been getting chunkier batteries, and, they've, and, and Apple has, in my opinion, correctly chosen to prioritize getting a good, good battery life out of a phone versus trying to make it thinner, right? Battery life, meaningful. Thinness, not really that meaningful. But the iPhone SE, because it's an eight-year-old design, was when Apple was still trying to say, like, "Oh, it's seventeen percent thinner than the previous generation," when nobody actually cared. So you're yeah. you're gonna be losing out on battery life significantly.
1: That's true because like that design, the iPhone six, that was like right when they were like at the peak of their thinness over everything else, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's Bend also interesting. anyone. Well yeah that definitely. Um and also uh the 5G will have a non-negligible impact on the battery as well.
0: That's a very good point cuz the battery, I mean that's the craziest thing. The battery itself is is identical to what shipped 5 years ago on the iPhone 8 with an A11 chip with not without 5G. So yeah, the A15 is maybe more efficient than the A13, so maybe that would counteract the battery life hit from 5G. But with the same exact battery, there is a 0% chance that they will improve battery life. In fact, I think that it, would, it would be worse. And even if they did improve it a little bit, it's it has a long way to go. I have an iPhone SE. I daily drove it for a little while. The battery life is its biggest flaw it is on the the very 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 close edge of
1: unusable in my opinion Hmm. yeah and i guess like you know the, the se was good for apple because this they've had the design for so long so like all of the you know manufacturing and supply chain uh like all of that stuff had been set up and they you know they could just keep it going uh change out the internals a little bit but you know, as far as the case and everything, you know, just just keep it going. But I guess now we're at the point where the SE is the only phone in that style that they've had for, like, a while. Which I guess, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a couple of years. So I guess you could have said the same thing, you know, when they released the the SE2. I don't know. But uh, but now it's kind of getting to the point where, like, that's the, you know, it, it's... I don't know how economical it, it still is if all of the other phones... Have you know the notch and the and the flat mm-hmm. sides at this point, and this is like the one phone that's sort of left in the dust and then you know so i don't I don't know uh you know may, maybe Apple will keep the design for one more year, but it's definitely you know it's def- definitely getting old
0: I would really like to see them move over to the iPhone 10r or the iPhone 11 design. I think that would be really, really compelling. And I think, honestly, the only risk with that would be eating into sales of the other previous-gen iPhones. Um, I think if they were to go to, essentially, the iPhone 11 body with an A15 and um, I guess it would probably have... 5G as well, which the iPhone 11 doesn't, that would make it a little bit more expensive. Right now, they're still selling the iPhone 11 for $499 with 64 gigabytes, so I feel like it would definitely be a tall order for to, to essentially say, hey, I want the A15 and also 5G and also take $100 off that price but at the same time like i don't know 450 or honestly even 499 for an iPhone 11 body with A15 and 5G that seems like a pretty darn good deal and i think people would definitely buy that
1: yeah you know i it's i think it's kind of interesting too because you know the the the, the SE kept the old design you know, because it, you know, Apple had that design and, uh, and they had the, the, the manufacturing and the supply chains and all that. And so, like you said, you know, if you look now, the iPhone 11 is still being sold uh, in the fall mm-hmm. when the iPhone uh, uh, 14 comes out. You know, theoretically, let's say the iPhone 11 disappears, and then when the next iPhone SE comes, theoretically let's say that they you know they moved it over to that supply chain and uh and 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 maybe that's why they're expecting next year not this year i don't know that's an
0: interesting thought because the 2020 iphone se also linked up with discontinuing the iphone 8 which they had been selling at that point Hmm. but i will say if we're gonna look at You know, historical precedent, right? In 2016, the iPhone SE came out using the iPhone 5S body. Mm -hmm. Three years old. In 2020, the iPhone SE came out using the iPhone 8 body. Three years old. Mm. In 2022 the iPhone 11 body is three years old, 2019. So the the precedent is there to say, hey, maybe, maybe they will continue to use this three-year-old and maybe they would just stop
1: selling the iPhone 11 in March. Right. Yeah, I could see... If they switch over to iPhone 11 style body, I would definitely see them, you know, stop selling the iPhone 11, but that would be an interesting, that would be one way they could do it. You know, they, they could wait another year for the design or they could jump on it this year. That, that That's interesting.
0: I, I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, also on the subject of the iPad cole pointed out here i think it's weird nothing else ever got the touch sensor like the ipad air perhaps he's proposing an iphone 11 without face id with like a touch id in the side button but also there was another implementation of the touch sensor and that was the ipad mini right i think a lot of people have honestly forgotten about (laughs) the ipad mini including myself, it's in a drawer turned off.
1: I really, I want to love it, but it's hard to. Yeah, I don't blame people for forgetting about it, to be honest. that That is an interesting idea about putting the Touch ID in the side, and I feel like Touch ID is one of the big differentiators between the SE and the, you know, the regular or pro iPhones or whatever you want to call them, because they all have Face ID and they have for a while, and only the the SE as far as iPhones uh go have touch ID. So that's an important distinction. Exactly. I think it would be interesting um if they use the iPhone 11 body without the touch ID without the face ID sensor, uh what would the notch look like? I don't know if they would go out of their way to make a tiny notch uh and like redesign Oh, certainly not. It. So it would just I be think like a would leave empty the notch, notch
0: and it would be empty.
1: Yeah, that could be a little I guess it wouldn't look any different really, but uh but yeah, I, I I do think that Touch ID is one of the the big differentiators.
0: I I do wonder if it has to be anymore, just because like I don't know. I feel like Face ID has matured enough at this point that it's probably not a huge expense for Apple to manufacture. There's been modifications to it, like I think in the iPhone 12, they made it more compact. They've made it more compact this year. Like there have been improvements to it, but I think in certainly an iPhone 11 form, if they can sell that phone for $499, I think I think Face ID has matured to the point where they can they can probably start to decrease the price on that. Um cuz as you as you might imagine with Apple, I I personally think that we pay a price premium for new technology when it first comes out, but I think Apple ends up eating some of that cost early on because then they keep charging you for it once they've figured out how to make it cheaper. Like if you look at the new MacBook Pros, the fact that they like if you look at the the 14-inch, the right, at 1999, they they up the price for the base configuration from 1799 to 1999 But for that, you're getting this new display, which is undeniably dramatically more expensive to make. Un- Nobody is going to argue with that because it is not a display that you will find out there. Mini LED and high refresh rate, variable refresh rate with a notch... like. That is a very expensive piece to make. True, And they didn't, at the end of the day, increase prices all that much. Yes, you could argue uh, they're probably saving a lot of money by using their own silicon. Even if it's more powerful, it's a lot less expensive to make. I think someone ballparked an iPhone chip like an A14 or an A15 as costing about $25 to manufacture. So, yeah, I'm sure they're saving plenty of money by not using Intel, but those are expensive displays. Right now, they're probably eating the cost. Three years from now, when we're still paying that price and they've gotten that manufacturing, that tooling worked out, at that point, you're probably giving them some pretty healthy margins.
1: That's definitely a good point. And I do agree that Touch ID, I'm sure it's a lot, or uh, Face ID, I'm sure it's a lot cheaper now Uh, than it was in the iPhone 10. Um, I guess the one thing that I'll say is as far as, uh, you know, when I said that that Touch ID was the differentiating factor between the SE, um, I didn't necessarily mean that it had to be, but more like Apple, you know, purposely makes it that way. Wants it to be. Right, Mm. exactly. To to push people, you know, if you want the Face ID, you got to go to the bigger one. If, but you'll you'll get something good on you'll get something usable something good on the on the base one but but that's one of the things that they that they want to to be a difference
0: that's a good point because if you notice the way that Apple rolls out their products it's very uncommon especially with the iPhone for you to get new stuff on the cheaper one like the the iPhone rolls out rolls out in a tiered way where things start on the most expensive one and then they trickle down mm-hmm like face ID started on the iPhone 10, and then it trickled down to the 10 R and the 11 and then the 12, and then the 11 keeps going and they get cheaper. Everything trickles down, but you never see Apple come out with a new cheap phone that does something better than their expensive phone at least at that time. Uh, they're very careful about that with the iMac uh, with the iPhone, not as much with the Mac because you know Apple silicon, they started on the low end. But that kind of made sense because you know they were they have to build the chips up and that's the way that you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean there there have been people that are like, oh the the iPhone SE is going to use Touch ID and so they're going to get rid of the notch. Nope. I without even looking at who leaked it or any details, I can tell you right away if there's a new design to be had, it is not on the iPhone SE. iPhone SE is a parts bin special. It is recycling the, the tooling and the exact same parts that you already have, updating them just enough to make it, you know, a, a good value and putting that on sale.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think you can see something similar in the iPad, you know, you look at the 2018 iPad Pro refresh and then eventually, you know, that new design and some of the new features made their way to the 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 iPad Air. And I guess you could say the iPad and especially, you know, the iPad mini as well. Um, but, you know, again, the iPad Pro got it first and, and it still has the most features uh, out of all of the iPads. And the iPhones are the same way. And I definitely agree. Um, like there's even if they don't need the notch, there's no way that they're going to sell their cheapest phone with no notch all screen. And then their more expensive yeah. phones are going to have some sort of a notch or even a hole puncher, like whatever it's going to be. There's no way yeah. that the cheapest phone is starting. That's, that's, not, that's not how this phone works, like you said.
0: Yeah, the, Apple would, mu- they will sell that thing with an empty notch. Like yeah. they will sell that thing with a little piece of bezel there that has nothing behind it, but empty space. If it means putting it in the SE. Like, Yeah, there's no way that... I think there was actually a rumor. Let me look at this. Uh, iPhone SE hole punch. I swear I saw a rumor of an iPhone SE with a hole punch camera. Analyst. iPhone SE adding 5G in 2022. Hole punch design coming in 2023.
1: Wait, this is from Ross Young? He's very accurate. Okay. But here's the thing. 5G coming this year. Okay. We've had it in the iPhones for, you know, what, two, two iPhones, uh, two generations so far, the, the hole punch next year would be soon, but if the pro models get a hole punch later this year, they would still beat the, uh, they would beat the SE to the punch. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Yeah. I mean, that that's a very true point that, that would my next comment on that would be if Ross Young is saying he said hearing about a 6.1 inch version in 2023 with hole punch rather than a notch if Ross Young is saying that that's a thing that's very credible but i would definitely add caveats to that like you know maybe the timeline Maybe that's more of a twenty twenty four thing. Uh, the other thing would be that if if that's if, if a hole punch design is coming on in on an iPhone in twenty twenty three on an SE, then it's coming on other more expensive, better things sooner than that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they would not start with the SE to debut hole punch. That's just it does not make any sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I should
0: also point out that this is. Uh, That's a year-old article, April 1st, 2021. And the nature of leaks can be fluid. It's possible to leak stuff with very, very credible information that is legitimate, that ends up being wrong, not because the leak was wrong, but because Apple changed their minds. Mm -hmm. You may recall uh, last year, I had a leak saying that the uh the new MacBook Pro would not have a uh, 64 GB of RAM option. I had it saying that it would have a UHS-2 SD card and I had it saying a backlit Touch ID sensor. Well, the UHS-2 was correct. The the no 64 GB option was like a a partial thing because the information didn't we didn't know that there was a distinction between m1 pro and m1 max Mm -hmm. so that was like a oh in retrospect that was an m1 pro leak not knowing about the m1 max as a separate thing so that's like a half and half but the backlit touch id sensor that was wrong but i stand by the information that I talked about because it was unbelievably airtight. So that was a case of just like Apple changed their mind. That was months in advance and they just decided not to do that. So it's always possible when you see leaks and you think, Oh, these people are wrong. They're dumb. No, not necessarily. I mean, there are fake leakers, no doubt, but there are also real leakers who leak stuff that ends up being not accurate like the Apple watch series seven redesign that never ended up happening because Apple runs into stuff and they have to change their mind really quickly. And I mean, that whole situation was its own can of worms where the consensus is essentially, I don't know if you saw this Noah, that the Apple watch series seven was going to get redesigned. They had manufacturing trouble and they
1: basically ditched it like last minute. I did. I did hear something about that, but hopefully we'll get that this year. Dude, I'm hoping.
0: I've still got my Series 5. I know you do, too. I
1: I mean, I'm not the biggest Apple Watch user, but if we
0: do get that redesign, I'll probably upgrade.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely would if uh, if we get that redesign.
0: Especially if the battery life is better. Have you noticed your battery
1: life starting to slip a little bit? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I wear mine... 22 7 let's say because uh oh wow yeah well i like i wear it to bed and whatever you know i obviously charge it in Mm -hmm. the morning charge it at night but uh it's usually fine but there are some times where i'll uh if if it doesn't get as much time to charge in the morning uh then it'll kind of die by the night so you know Mm -hmm. extra battery would always be nice to have
0: yeah, I mean, I I've generally been more of like, I I charge it at night, so I, I wake up and it's full. I do my thing, and then I've started to notice lately that by the end of the day, it's getting lower and lower. I haven't had it like not make it through a day, but it has. I I've noticed the difference. Um, you know what else I've noticed, Noah? What else have you noticed? I've noticed that our podcast is starting to wrap up a little bit,
1: wouldn't you say? I think so. I think this is a good, good time, Good, as good a time as any. So I think I've
0: got one thing to send us off for this episode, and that is from Sugar Daddy Cole Weathers in the comments, who said, Luke's gym is a pretty successful leaker, <laughs> and I think that's undeniable
1: that's that's a good one i like that
0: yeah and so on that note oh man my i'm gonna go file file an insurance claim i guess yeah get that money thank you so much for joining us i have been your host luke miani
1: and i've been your host noah rubin we will see you next week and uh have a great night